Beneath an overpass in Oakland, California, spare belongings decorate the ground. Bright, dazzling pink flyers line the walls on either side. Notice to vacate illegal encampment, they read, plastered in four different languages. Just days before, the street was lined with tents, RVs, and people who called the underpass home. Today, the street lies empty. The roar of the cars above is the only thing that fills the space below. After the community was cleared and the belongings were discarded, there is little reminder of the people who were once there. Yet, one thing remains. A message on the sidewalk scribbled in black spray paint. Where can I go? Forced from their homes and banned from the streets, Oaklanders are struggling to find a place to survive. They are made to leave, but never given a place to go. Their homes, and even their very existence, have been rendered illegal. The system never carved out a solid place for them, only a hole for them to fall deeper and deeper. As housing prices rise, more and more Oaklanders are falling down this hole, and many more are just one rent increase away from being pushed over the edge. Over the past few decades, housing prices have skyrocketed while average incomes have remained stagnant. Following the 2008 stock market crash and the 2020 COVID-19 pandemic, Oaklanders are discovering they have little left to sacrifice in order to hold on for just one more month. Today, affordability is not a convenience. Affordability means survival. In a system built to leave people on the streets, residents are forced to find their own ways to survive. Oaklanders and Americans alike are putting their lives on hold to fight for their right to a roof over their heads, and they are doing it in any way they can. They are building houses in people's backyards and tiny homes in vacant lots. They are reclaiming the land that sits empty while hundreds sleep on the streets. They are fighting against a for-profit housing market that thinks nothing of their basic needs, and they are creating permanent solutions to a problem that has never been temporary. They are not experts, but they have endured the problem long enough to know that something needs to be done. They put aside their own lives, jobs, and families to solve a problem that could have been prevented. I've been homeless, honestly, for about 10 years, minus, uh, let's say, two years, because I was uh, locked up, incarcerated uh, for a year and a half at one stint, and then off and on a month here, a month there and stuff. Um, living here, I can honestly say, it's going to sound a little crazy, but it's one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. Uh, before this, I was employed like everybody else, worked uh, all my life, uh, different uh, jobs, retail management, uh, restaurant, server, kitchen uh, staff, chef, had my own catering business for a little while, uh, had a home and stuff, and that was great. And nothing against that, but I will say, being homeless, I, I met people that were more... I felt like grounded and, and uh, connected to what's going on in the world. Uh, it wasn't so uh, uh, watered down. I, I, I noticed that like society gives you a lot of uh, TV and ads and you're always sort of like on this uh, treadmill of getting more and more because everyone says you need more and more. Out here, people are appreciative of what they have, what they've been able to secure, what people have given them, what people do for them. Um, they appreciate, I think, life a little bit more because they, they realize, like, 
you can have all that stuff, but at the end of the day, all that stuff can be taken away from you so fast. Just from you losing your job, you have nothing. I, I generally, I say Wood Street is like the whole community, and then it's sort of like the Bay Area. You got Berkeley, Oakland, Piedmont. So you got Cobb on Wood. You got uh, uh, Wood Street Commons is uh, the place where I live, and it's at the end of, well, not the end of Wood Street, but where the freeway overpass is. You go like a block and a half, and there's a, a soccer field. And across the street is uh, our community over there, um, uh, Wood Street Commons, what we call that area. We're all connected and we all are, I guess, uh, doing different things uh, towards helping getting people uh, um, housed. I don't know, just this, this thing with these communities and stuff is something that you don't plan. They just sort of popped up. Like, you meet a few people, you guys like plop tents together or whatever, and then you just, it just sort of grows from there. And that's how ours did. We, Grew from there, and, and from a tent, uh, I'm social, so there was always people over. So we started building uh, uh, structures. I can say, I guess you would say, the tent was a bedroom, and now we built living rooms. So we'd go out, and people all around the neighborhood, you know, uh, they give away stuff, and they leave it in front for free and stuff. We're talking about couches, brand new TV sets, brand anything that you need to furnish your home or apartment. You can get for free, and this is really for anybody out there, for uh, students that uh, don't have money to get furniture. I'm not sure how they do it in different cities. I know that in the Bay Area, if you can go uh, to any neighborhood, uh, preferably a nicer neighborhood because they got better stuff, just you know, letting everybody out there. <laughs> but you can go anywhere, and there, there's stuff out there that people are just leaving for free. Uh, you know how Americans are. We are just not satisfied. So, you know, the season's over with, so let's get rid of this bunch of clothes or get rid of this couch or Christmas has come up and you got a new TV set even bigger than the last one. Even though the last one was still like, you know, 60 inches, you're like, oh, okay. So that stuff was left out. So I started bringing stuff back. Friends started seeing this. We started bringing stuff back and we we're like, oh, wow. So start selling the stuff to survive, but also turning shit into living rooms, uh, 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 bedrooms, like, making these structures were like small homes, basically. So a lot of uh, a talent out here, people don't realize and stuff. We get one label and stuff, and usually that label is, you know, disorganized, and they show pictures always of trash mounds and stuff. But they don't tell you that uh, the trash mounds are there because the city won't give us a dumpster to, to haul away the trash. Um, they give us garbage cans, but it, it, as you can see, there's a lot of stuff here on this slide and throughout this whole uh, community and stuff and it's not necessarily even brought here by the people who live here because most of the people here don't have vehicles and stuff uh, it's brought from outside uh, people individuals and stuff who dump their trash over here because they feel like it's okay to do that and don't want to pay city taxes or whatever you know to go to a, a dump yard so we sort of get blamed for all of that and then we also have the responsibility of trying to get that all cleaned up with not too many resources uh, available to us to be able to clean it up that's John. When we met him, he was living with an unhoused community in an encampment under a bridge. The community was built by Artists Building Communities, a group of artists who came together to build emergency houses at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. John became homeless a few years ago, but soon learned to value the community he found among the unhoused population of Oakland. I've met guys out here that I, I call my brothers. There's like four other guys out here. and never call guys my brother I used to have little uh, friends uh, young ladies that I call my sis sisters and stuff that were really close to me and my mom and stuff but I was the only child so 
it meant a lot for me to be able to call a, a group of guys my brothers and stuff and, and that's how it feels like it, we really are and stuff the way the dynamics are and everything it's rough out here uh every day is um a process basically to wake up and, and get what you need sort of like so i woke up today and gotta get ready to go over to this place and speak Okay, so I got to go find water. I got to go over to the water tank, and hopefully it's full of water still. Then I got to decide if I'm going to start a fire to heat the water up. Am I going to wash up like that? Or I'm just going to take a cold bath, basically. Um, after that, my clothes, lucky enough, uh, clothes that are donated. So I got enough of them, so I don't have to wash too often. But, you know, you get your clothes, and you got to see if electricity is working. For the most part, we have electricity. And not to say it's uh, it's not legal electricity like here. Um, we, we have... This is a talent that's in the community. We have people who have tapped into the city's electricity uh, through wiring and stuff, and we have electricity every day, so we can do the normal things, except it's not powerful enough to uh, 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 run TVs, which is sort of good, so we don't sit there and vegetate. But it's like a process. you got to find water. you got to make sure electricity's on, like if you want to iron. And, and if you're going to cook, usually you have to start a fire unless we have propane. That's another thing you got to see. If we have propane so we can cook, if you want to cook and get breakfast or if there's something left out there already, you can get from the night before donations and stuff. Uh, refrigerators, for the most part, throughout the encampments are, they take too much power. So if you plug one up, it'll blow the whole line out. So everybody's in, in the dark and stuff. And lights are really important at nighttime, especially back here and just around and stuff. Everybody needs that. And, and running water, go across to the park. Uh, um, when our tank runs out, we have a, there's an organization that goes around the Bay Area to the encampments, and they have these, uh, I think it's 250-gallon tanks that they drop off, and they fill them once a week for us, or when they go down, but basically once a week they fill us up. So we have drinking water and uh, clean water to, to bathe in or shower in. Um, you're probably wondering, how do you guys shower? Uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, products on the line where it's like a, just a water bag, and a solar water bag, actually. And, you know, you hang it up in the sun, warms up to, you know, sun temperature, basically. And then just like a shower, but it comes out a lot slower so that your water is not just wasted and stuff. And that's how um, most of us take showers unless the shower truck, uh, the shower truck comes around here once a week uh, and you get a hot shower and stuff. Uh, that's pretty nice. If you can follow it around town and get it. Uh, who wants to get up like two hours early to go downtown to find a shower truck, take a shower, get ready for their day and stuff. So I don't know, some obstacles, but I feel like the, it's something that can be overcome. Uh, and it's something that uh, we're fighting for uh, just human rights as having electricity, having running water, clean water that you can drink uh, and basically just shelter and stuff uh, and land to have that shelter on is one of the main things that uh, down there, uh, uh, Wizard Commons is what we're fighting for. Um, up here, it's, it's about the same thing, but there's always a, a, a variance in, the, I guess, the, the political part of it and stuff. But it's all, for the most part, for the same thing, you know, human rights and, and what people uh, on this planet uh, are entitled to, for the most part. You know, and land is one of them, and water, and electricity, and being able to just live and, and be who you are. Unfortunately, not everyone sees the value in this community that John sees. Oftentimes, their community is stereotyped and misjudged, and their talent is overlooked. Worse, their unhoused community is up against powerful actors, like corporations and governments who continuously displace them off the land they call home. 
Without any resources, there is little they can do to stay in few places they have to go. Yeah, Caltrans is a, um, they're a, a, a state-owned uh, um, entity that does uh, clean up and uh, works on the freeways and the streets and stuff like that. A lot of the land that Caltrans owns, which is a lot of land, and they have all this land that there's nothing on right now, that is just empty land. Living on a freeway is not acceptable, but they have all this space everywhere, and they don't do anything with that land. And we're talking about this land, some of the land has been free, like the part that we're on right now has been empty for, since 1989 when they had the big earthquake here and the freeways collapsed and stuff, it's been an empty lot next to the train station. No one's there, so um, we moved there. But Caltrans, they come and, and they evict people off the land, they push them off and they displace people uh, with nowhere else to go. Uh, and that's one of the big fights that we're having right now with them. Until... Uh, uh, you guys uh, provide housing, adequate housing for people, then how can you uproot them and displace them and make them move to nowhere else, basically? So when they do this, you get people who don't have, who already don't have a place to go, but now they really don't have a place to go, and now they have to look for another place to, to live, to, to put all their belongings, to, to, to exist, basically. And they keep pushing and pushing and pushing, and it's, it's just not right, with no um, solution, no... Um, no housing for it. Any entity that knows that people don't have a place to go and that pushes them off of land that's not being used and is being that selfish and not providing a, a, a means for them to keep the area that they're on uh, suitable for living is evil. Um, and, and it's not much to ask uh, to give people a place to live. You can see up and down here there's an estimated 300 people who live from Target to where my end is at, uh, that come and go and stuff, and most of them have nowhere to be because of uh, Caltrans and the lack of caring for other people, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's, we're fighting with them right now, we, uh, restraining orders, uh, injunctions, so that they can't evict more people off of this land until they uh, come up with housing for them. The problem is with the housing that they're coming up from is temporary, and temporary uh, doesn't solve anything because now after two years, you have tough sheds that are about the size of this that two people live in that don't know each other uh, for, let's say, up to two, three years until that site is closed down. And then if they haven't found housing, which 90% of the people haven't found housing, uh, the city, uh, the county, the state hasn't uh, held up to their end of the bargain, bargain with finding people a, a suitable place to live. And so they just put them out. In the face of this crisis, John and the activists of artist building communities are providing a need that can't be found anywhere else. While hundreds of unhoused people are displaced with nowhere else to go, ABC gives them shelter and a community who understands them. And when faced with the massive issue of mental illness and addiction, they use the few resources they have to help people get by. I think with the mental illness part, it's a little different because you go into mental uh, illness and most of the people out here, on top of that, then they're, they're on some sort of substance. So really, it you know, fucks them off, sorry my language, but it really you know, tears them up. And it gets to a certain point where you, 
you don't know how to go to an appointment. You don't remember to go to an appointment. And then on top of it, you don't know how to get there. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a blockage there. And I feel like that's the city's, uh, re, uh, really the city's responsibility. Because like I said before, none of us out here are doctors. And the ones that are are probably way off their game right now, no disrespect. But none of us out here are equipped to deal with mental illness in, in that level and stuff, which we do, though. Anyone comes by that with any type of ailments or whatever it is, they always can have a place to stay. Someone's always going to open up a, a tent, a, a structure, or somewhere where they can lay down, get something to eat, and do what we can do. But the city has to step up and help out with that. And I would say, and this is just a, a, a rough estimate of what I see or perceive, I would say a good... 30%, maybe even 40% of people out here have some sort of mental illness, uh, suffer from depression, uh, and then there's a, a big group of people who suffer from alcoholism and, and drug addiction. And there are resources out here, but then it comes to that point where do you have health insurance? Most people out here, I will say, probably don't have the traditional uh, health insurance that is through a company, of course, because most people out here don't have a traditional job or are employed by a company that's giving them health benefits. So most of the stuff is through Medi-Cal, uh, you know, the, uh, the county, and that's limited to the places that you can go and seek help. And once again, when you're so consumed with, like, how are you going to get up and clean yourself up for the day to go do something or just wake up and what you need to do to wake up and stuff, it, it, you sort of, sort of put that on a back burner because that's not your issue. The only reason... I feel like I, I, I'm healthier now. So I had a heart attack about three weeks ago, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me and stuff. And uh, it cleared me up, and my doctor said, you have to stop using uh, methamphetamines, you have to stop drinking, and you have to stop smoking cigarettes. Otherwise, you're, you're going to have another heart attack, and it's going to be bigger, and you might just die that time. So that woke me up enough to say, yeah, I want to live. I want to live, you know. Uh, but I'm not going to leave here because uh, with the group of friends that I'm here with, in a sense, and the stuff that we have planned uh, to do to, to help others and stuff, even before I had the heart attack, movement was slower because I wasn't always, always there, to be honest. But now I'm happy because uh, I am a little bit more there and, and clarity and I can make phone calls and actually be at appointments that I say I'm going to be at and, and speak in front of people without feeling so dirty, I guess you could say, really. Uh, and just be present to where I'm at and not having to be zoned out to be able to function or to deal with uh, what's going on in the outside society or what's going on here and stuff. So and I feel like I believe in God, so I feel like everything happens for a reason and stuff. So I'm going to take this opportunity to, to better myself again and, and to do what I can do to help out as much as I can. I tell people, just because you're homeless doesn't mean you have to live a certain way or be a certain way. I live the exact same way that I would live if I was in my home right now. I like furniture. I like entertaining. I like people over there. I like a place where people can come and, and just flop down. And you could probably eat off of my carpet if you want to. Because all of this stuff is free. None of it's stolen. Uh, you know, it's all free. You go to the carpet places and they throw out all this carpet every day. It's in their dumpsters and stuff. Brand new carpet because, oh, we overspent or too much of this. So... I don't know, in the rainy season when uh, my tarp leaks and stuff, and I have to change my uh, carpet every uh, other uh, week or every week and stuff, I got a place to go. And I just grab the carpet out of that dumpster, brand new big rolls of carpet, and then roll that shit out. Same with furniture and stuff. People give away so much furniture and give away all this stuff. It's like, 
I do the same thing sort of like regular Americans are doing, over-consuming stuff and dragging stuff home because I want something bigger or, or, you know, but most of it's because the rain or something's uh, destroyed it something, you know, or maybe something got stolen, but sort of fun at the same time. It's, it's like, it's like a, a never-ending adventure, basically, out here, but it needs to end one day for some of us. <laughs> Months after this interview took place, John and the residents of Artist Building Community were displaced from their homes and forced to find a new place to rebuild. The reason why everyone's down here is because the police uh, told everybody to come down here from the different campsites throughout the Bay Area. They told them if you go down to Wood Street, you wouldn't be hassled, you'll be safe, you would be able to live there, and then resources would come to you guys to help you guys uh, transition or move into uh, housing and stuff which was a complete lie. Where can I go? That is the question thousands of Oaklanders ask every day. Where can I go if I cannot pay my rent? Where can I go if not the streets? Where can I go when I am told to leave? The answers they're looking for are not found in the government or the corporations that leave acres of land empty every day. They are found in their neighbors and community members who are looking for places to go just like they are. Activists do not do this work because they want to, but because they have to. They are breaking free from the traditional models of housing to create a future where everyone has a place to go. They push forward using the few resources they have, creating more with less. This is Unhousing, Claiming the Human Right to Home, a Moral Courage Project, a collaboration between the University of Dayton Human Rights Center and Proof, Media for Social Justice. I'm your host, Amaria Jones. The episode was written by Anna Lepke and features original music from Eric Charlton. Moral Courage Radio is produced by Joel Proust. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with all your friends. Click subscribe in the app and leave us a glowing review. This will help other listeners find us.